Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening, my name is Vinnie White. This is the Vinnie White Show involving a crock pot of hot pot journalistic whatnot with a splash of comedic juice and a heavy dusting of amateurism. Although perhaps less amateurism than normal because we have a different producer, one that looks clean-cut, shaven and ready to rock. His name's Mike Trutler. Hello, Mike. Hey, Vinny. You know what? To be honest, I didn't actually shave, but I appreciate you. Uh, I guess that's how thin my facial hair is at the moment. Right. You're just young and I've just got bad eyes. Let's rerun it. We have what looks to be a far more professional, oh no, just younger person at the helm of the ship. Um... Mike, where is our usual man? Have you killed him in a bid to get up the radio ladder? Well, you know, I uh, i mean, this is, I don't know how much detail I can really go into with Pat's whereabouts. I mean, he could be, uh, he could be off doing a thing out of town. He could just be at home. He's not feeling well. I mean, when you uh, say he's out of really town, know. do you mean he's in a barrel with concrete at the bottom of Lake Ontario? Well, no, uh, not concrete. Uh, I've said too much. <laughs> Full-time murderer, part-time producer, Mike Trutler, um, with us for the evening, and I like him already. And I'm half, I'm available for kids' parties as well. Brilliant. Excellent. Your kids will never, ever be the same and or come back. Um, what are we going to talk about tonight? I want to talk about something that happened to me uh, in a pub this week. Um, I want to talk about Lorne Grabher, his first name Lorne, second name Grabher, um, who enjoys his personalised or vanitized number plate, grab her. And the fact that it's being recalled because it kind of says, grab her. We'll get into that later. And some other stuff as well. We'll see how it goes. Um, I've got stuff, okay? I've got stuff. I've got bump to pad this puppy out for a good hour. So, um, no, I want to start with this, right? So I went to a pub on Friday night. Shocker, I know. Britishman pub. Mental. And um, I was with an Irish pal, again, shocker, because they don't normally drink. And uh, so it was just me and an Irish guy at the bar. And there was a girl who sounded a bit like Minnie Mouse, very high voice, quite annoying, um, but very attractive, uh, just, just next to me. And bless her, she may have had a voice that sounded like that woman from Police Academy, but she did attempt repeatedly to talk to her date, who she was with who is a similarly good-looking dude, who, when he very infrequently talked, had an Australian accent. And the reason he didn't talk much is because his head was in his phone. And from my bar stall, it looked very much like uh, the worst date in the world because she was insistently talking and he was giving absolutely nothing back, sometimes saying, what? Because he didn't hear her, because he was so involved in Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. So for the times I was looking at his phone, because after an hour and a half of him ignoring her, I figured, what on earth is it? You know, I mean, maybe he's, give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's arranging some pals to come down here and have the best party of his life. No, he, he was just leaving comments under someone's picture of a pizza. So this went on for two and a half hours. I like a drink. And... Sort of just about sort of getting ready to go and uh, call it a night. I'd had a couple and he had ignored his date, girlfriend, wife, I don't know, 
um, non-stop for now two and a half hours. And when I say this, I don't take this lightly because I know we're all sitting in pubs and think, my God, that man's on his phone a lot. He didn't, he didn't move his phone away from his face. Even during the meal that he had and when he went to the toilet, which was down some stairs, he quite often fell over the stairs coming back up because he was so involved on his phone. So when he went for a pee, I sort of took pity on this girl because she'd been trying to have a conversation. And I, I just leant over and I said, I tell you what, no matter what's on Instagram today, it must be some hot stuff because your man is involved. And she said, oh, that's my, um, that's my boyfriend, actually, of two years. And um, he's addicted to social media. And I said, oh, right. That's, well, expose a few things. She said, yeah, he's, uh, he's on it in bed. He's on social media on the toilet. Don't know how she knew that. And um, open relationship. And uh, he never puts it down. And when we go out, he's obsessed with it. He's got a problem and he knows it. And it got to the point where I felt slightly awkward because she was still telling me this and how big his problem was when he came back from the bathroom. Tripping up the top stair because he was looking at his phone and then tripping over his own bar stool, not because he was drunk, but because he wasn't looking where he was going, because he was commenting under a picture of a snowman, which means maybe he's been locked in a room. I don't know because there's not many snowmen around at the moment. What I'm saying is, whatever it was, I think it was either too late or way too early. Whatever it is, it could have waited. So anyway, he sits down, and I'm feeling incredibly awkward because she's still talking about him as if he's not there, saying he's on it now, he's always on it. So then I think, oh, God, this looks awful. This looks like I'm chatting up his woman. So to bring him in and to sort of pacify the situation, I said, hiya, I'm Vinny. This is my friend, Eddie. And, uh, yeah, your girlfriend was just saying uh, that you like a bit of social media, but don't we all? At the end of the day, that stuff is pretty addictive. Sometimes I go into the bathroom and I'm in there for an extra half hour and I'm not doing anything naughty. I'm just looking at pictures. And I'm sort of trying to bring him on side. And he looks at me and he says, why don't you just go back and talk to your little friend? Now, I wasn't happy with that. But, it's not my business. So I said, all right. He goes, yeah, you stupid British expletive that I can't say. Really harsh one. Now, is it relevant that I'm British? Is it? So that annoyed me a bit. And also, you know, you're not really that Canadian, are you? Really? So if we're doing the whole race thing, you know, not that I want to go there, but, you know. So I... I sort of bit my lip, and my friend, who's a bit more raucous than I, uh, inflated his chest much like that of a pigeon, and um, and then he said, "I don't talk to you and get involved. I don't talk to you and get involved in your conversations. So why are you get involved in mine? Just get back to it." And um, so I, I just said, "Really? Are we are we sticking with that? Are we going with that approach? Is that are you happy with that? You want to go for that one?" And he said, "Yeah." Get back to it. It's got nothing to do with you. Uh, which is sort of right on, right? Then he goes, you're just a jumped-up smart-ass. That's all you are. Now I ta- now he's obviously right. I do it for a living. But he called me on it. I'm not happy about it. So I said, yeah, but the thing is, mate, what you have to appreciate, this is a pub. You're at a bar. And when you walk into a bar, there is a possibility you might drift into something known as a conversation. 
Now, looking at your human interaction so far, I can see why you stick with social media. To which point he got up, his girlfriend said, leave it. No, she was uh, Canadian, actually. I don't know why I did the accent. Leave it, she said. Leave it. And then she's standing between us. He's coming at me. I'm having a fight. I'm going to have a bar fight. I'm 40. I haven't had that for 20 years. If you see me, I'm built like a pipe cleaner. I'm not going to win this. So um, then the staff come around the front of the bar and say, I think you better leave. Now, as it happened, I was leaving anyway. I'd already paid the bill. I'm kicked out of the bar causing riffraff because he is addicted to social media and I chat to his girlfriend. What's happening there? 71010. Particularly if the Australian that got me kicked out of a bar. Text in 71010. What's that about? And then that thing happens that always happens as soon as you leave. 150 quality liners pop into your head. And what did I say as I left? Have a good night! Passive aggressive. I truly am Canadian. Back in a minute. To the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Keep your texts coming in on 71010. 71010 for your text. Someone says, Vinnie, how many days have you officially been sworn in as a Canadian citizen and you almost christen it with a potential bar brawl? Welcome to the Canadian family, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, two weeks in, already getting in fights. You can't kick me out now. And if I go to prison, you can't deport me. Oh, yeah. High ambitions. Um, someone else said, the guy who's busy with social media won't call in because he wouldn't listen to talk radio. And even if he does, he's too busy on social media tuning it out so he can look at his screen. Good point. Fair enough. Someone else says, Vinny, did you raise your voice like the Queen? I don't know what that means. Raise, as in 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 height or... What? Probably like pitch, like... Yes, that kind of thing. <laughs> I wish I had it done. Because that's the best, best, isn't it? When you're in an argument, right? And particularly if someone actually gives you a genuinely intellectual sound point. Best comeback. <laughs> Kills them. <laughs> I remember I was, on, um, I was on the cycle lane by Lakeshore last summer and I was cycling along and I went through a red light on a bike, shoot me. And um, some other guy, also on a bike, nearly hit me. Totally my fault, right? And he goes, you stupid donkey. And started impersonating a donkey. And I had absolutely nothing because I've never had the training how to respond to a man impersonating a donkey aiming at you. No idea. I would like to think that that happened to him at some point and he realized, I didn't know what to come back with. No one knows how to come back with that. I'm going to use that next time. So I should have passed that on. Now you can next time. Yeah. Look, you Aussie donkey. Yeah. Oh, if you can combine the two, then you, you've got it. You know, a, a queen donkey, queen donkey. Mm. There you go. Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that myself and on behind the glass here. Okay, all right. There's a little lesson for us all there. Uh, I was on a plane the other day. I watched a movie. You ever been on a plane and watched the movie, and then you get into it and you realise that they've cleaned it up? Oh, it's a nightmare. So, 
there's a bit in it where they say the S word, shoot. Then they say the F word, and it's dubbed with fudge. And then I think, I don't know what they said, but they dubbed it with golly darn, which that's words that even the Amish would find cringeworthy. So I couldn't get into it, right? And then the, the most annoying thing, I'm still pissed off about this, is I was, I was trying to sort of get into the plot, because I think it would normally be a good movie if it wasn't heavily edited so that it didn't upset the, the, the kiddie winks. And uh, there was a bit in it, right? The whole point in the gag is there's a guy in the guy's neighbourhood who walks a dog on his lawn and the dog craps on his lawn. They blurred out the dog poo. Like, <laughs> they... <laughs> so the gag didn't work because I couldn't see it. I just saw two mild blurred patches. And then Isla Fisher, who is gorgeous, Sasha Baron Cohen's wife, wore a slightly revealing dress, I guess, I don't know. They blurred her cleavage, not her boobs, her cleavage. So I was just thinking, this, all of the fun of the film had been sucked out of it. Then do you know what happened? Gotta love America. A woman got stabbed in the throat with a knife and they showed it in full. That makes sense. What is wrong with that place? It is just the weirdest failed experiment, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, and it's hard to say where it's all going to go, where it's all going to lead to, what it's all going to uh, build to or descend into at this point. Who knows? Yeah. I, had this I have in- had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. <laughs> How's that for a friendly edit? <laughs> Fudging fantastic. Shoot. Why don't you play it again, golly darn? I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. That was Mother Hubbard fantastic. One of these days I'm going to slip up. Um, the other film that I saw, it was a long flight, I was a bit bored. Bridget Jones's Baby, if you want to see it. It's a film, um, I'll describe it for you if you want. A film in which a self-centred evil cow of a woman plays with the emotions and life plans of two unassuming men who think they're the father of her baby in a way that shows that she is a callous woman with no emotional intelligence or common sense. A film that goes on to be so cheesy and unrealistic, it makes Star Wars look like a documentary, and it couldn't really be any more cheesy unless the cast were made of Gorgonzola. Proud to be British. It's Bridget Jones's Baby. One. Very wet, rotten tomato for that. All right, moving on. Uh, a man in Nova Scotia has, has a personalised number plate, right? His name is uh, Lorne Grabber. Lawn Grabber received a letter from the Registrar of Motor Vehicles here in Canada at the end of last year informing him that the plate will be cancelled. It just says, grab her. All one word, because that's his last name, grab her. G-R-A-B-H-E-R. They said that it could be misinterpreted as a socially unacceptable slogan. Lawn Grabber, who sounds like he steals turf, Said in a Facebook post earlier this week, uh, the name on the plate was my last name, Grab Her. It's been in my family for 25 years. The plate changed hands. Three times, no issue. But because one complaint was logged, the Director of Road Safety used her authority to cancel my plate. The Department of Transportation, however, said a a complaint was received outlining how some individuals interpret Grab Her as a Mr. Uh, Miss 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 Jos Miss uh, <laughs> Miss Jostenistic Miss 
Misogynistic. Goodness me. You'd think I did this for a living. I'd get some of it right. Sexist. And promoting violence against women. With no way to denote that it's a family name on the plate, the department determined that grandpa was best to be removed from circulation. Other Nova Scotians said to be nervous that the uh, license plates that they own could be cancelled are Mr. Tickle Her, Mr. Sit On Her, Mr. Hold Her Close, but always get permission. He remains quite confident he'll uh, keep his plate. Having a family name on a plate is silly anyway, isn't it? What's the point? Unless you've got chronic dementia, in which case you probably shouldn't be driving. Grab her son, Troy Grab Her, is now worried that his grabber vanity plate will be removed as well. He lives in Alberta. Why have all the grabbers got such fragile egos and such need for vanity plates? What's wrong with these grabbers? Why do they love their name? Like, it's not a name to love. If I was called Vinnie Slapper, do you think I'd get a, vin- a vanity plate? Or a vanity plate? Uh, vanity plates are quite well named, actually, aren't they? You have to be quite, quite vain, really. I mean, I've got one. It just says Talk Radio God. You know, it's good to be understated is what I'm saying. Uh, 7-10-10. <laughs> I'm getting some very comedic abuse. Shut the funk up, you dumbass Brit, said someone. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. <laughs> Can you text your comedically cleaned up abuse? It'll make a nice change to seven ten ten seven ten ten. Be rude, but in an American way, just be violent, but not actually sexual. This is the Venny White Show. On In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. So normally Amanda Capito comes on and we have an argument about how the fact that she shouldn't have gone down a volcano and fallen off a uh, a sledge and the fact that she did and is now putting weight on the Canadian healthcare system is entirely her own fault. But um, she's not here today. That was weird, that argument last week, wasn't it? And I feel like I probably didn't give her enough of a jab, but she insists that she did nothing wrong. But uh, anyway, if you didn't hear last week's show, you don't know what I'm, what, what I'm talking about. But yeah, she's um, she's away. So it's just me, I'm afraid. So um, that's lost half my listeners. And um, I think she's in England, actually, because she texts me saying, I'm going to England. Do you want anything? Um, which I, but I don't know why she's going. It's weird. She travels a lot. She travels more than me, and I travel a lot. But good for her. It's probably something to do with something. Um I'm glad I could be so specific. Okay, she's probably back next week. I don't know. I don't know where she is, to be honest. All I know is she's gone to England. We'll worry about it later. Okay, Trump news. Always something to get extra happy about. Um, there's a deli in New York. It's doing a Trump sandwich. It's new. You can go there. You can buy it. It's white bread full of bologna with Russian dressing and a small pickle. Bang. Beautiful. Um, how is it? Go- <laughs> Sorry, that's all I had. I mean, it's better than nothing. Does that mean I get uh, if I do a crap gag? Okay, let's try it. I can find some. You want like a gong sound? Uh, yeah. Give me a gong and uh, I'll do a gag and then we'll see what I get. I haven't got one ready, but if I. Uh, I'll use my backup joke. How many surrealists does it take to screw in a light bulb? A fish. 
I didn't know you were doing a joke. I could get a rim shot. <laughs> anyway, um, how's it going for Trump? Great, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic down there. In the last few weeks, Republicans landed a punch on health care to their own face. Trump has admitted defeat for now after failing to repeal the uh, and replace Obamacare. The president has hoped to get this new plan for health care insurance in. Uh, what is it? Uh, in short, it's a plan to sort of kill off poor people, really. The American Health Care Act, through the Republican-controlled houses of Congress, was not enough, which is quite embarrassing. Steve Bannon, a man who looks like he's very poor and unwell. He has to be America's most unwell-looking rich man 2017, doesn't he? Steve Bannon said to his Republican Party, you have no choice but to vote for this bill. And they said... We sort of do, and we're sort of not going to. Quite like this. Uh, Also, in the last few weeks, Trump's nominee to lead Environmental Protection Agency uh, is a climate denier who's worked closely with the fossil fuel industry, which is a bit sad and quite dangerous. Uh, No one is going to protect the environment like a man with a love of oil that denies climate change. It's like making the hooded figure that is death the manager of a hospital. So that should be tickety-boo. Also in the last few weeks, a picture of Mike Pence meeting with lawmakers discussing a new healthcare bill affecting access to pregnancy and maternity care shows 25 men discussing the reforms, not one woman. But what do women know about women? Uh, Also in the last few weeks, the FBI has reportedly gathered evidence that alleges there has been collusion between the associates of Donald Trump and the Russian government. Uh, it was sort of weird, wasn't it, April Fool's Day this year? Because no one's going to be able to beat Donald Trump and Brexit anyway. Um, Trump has, in the most beautifully ironic mental way possible, declared April National Sexual Assault Awareness Month to celebrate sexual assault. He's going to be furious when he finds out what it's really about. Can I have the rim shot? I think it's a bit... Yeah. The gong's a bit dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I can't really do anything about that, so uh, I guess that's why we have the rim shot. Let me do um, just one for the rim shot, and it involves the rim shot is the punchline, okay? Three elephants fall off a cliff, two land on ground, one lands in water. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Think of the rim shot as elephants falling. Yeah. You're welcome. Sunday nights are already depressing. Uh, I think I've just made them just a touch more depressing. Happy times. To the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Saw a little bit of the workings of the radio show there. I meant to not go on air. I pressed the wrong button. So good job I didn't swear. I was just asking the producer if there's another commercial break. There is. Deal with it. First, though, this. This is a story about a group of anti-gay protesters... Anti-gay protesters, they infiltrated the Pride Parade last year 
last summer. And they did so and then distributed anti-gay messages. It's fronted by a guy called Bill Watcott. You might have heard of him. This isn't the first time he's faced accusations. We'll go into those accusations in a minute. In 2014, Watcott and his pals hid inside green zombie suits to infiltrate the Vancouver Pride Parade. Green zombie suits and rainbows. And then when he infiltrated it, he uh, and his supporters handed out 2,500 anti-gay pamphlets disguised as free condoms. Oh, that's cruel. Particularly if they're in like proper in the wrapper, because that means you might just be about to get down to business and you pop your wrapper open and find a message saying, everything you stand for is terrible. Not ideal. Uh, it must be weird spending your own personal money travelling around the second biggest country in the world because he, he does this all over the place. And a country that has very high airfare costs just to go to pride parades to criticise people for being gay. What a weird thing to do. Just think, for less of an airfare, like if he's going from Toronto to Vancouver, for less of an airfare, he could have gone to Ottawa to protest that it's too boring. And he'd gone to uh, Newfoundland to protest its drinking habits. He could have gone to Washington, where do you start, to protest the fact that it's being run by a narcissistic psychopath with the charm of a dead sloth. There's a lot of things he could have done, is what I'm saying. It's weird to pick that. But long-time anti-homosexual activist Bill Watcott has now been ordered to unmask the identity of his anti-gay pals in a court order. So I researched this guy because I wanted to know what drove him. Watcott was born in Toronto and spent his youth in a number of foster homes where he reports being physically and mentally abused. Now, in an ironic attempt at dealing with those demons, Bill creates hate-ridden leaflets and hands them out to people who have very probably been through difficult childhoods dealing with something that they had no choice in. Well done, Bill. Bill sleeps well every night knowing he's doing God's work, even though uh, many of the people he hurts with his vile words are also religious. Confusing. He's now been told by Ontario's Superior Court Justice to divulge his sources of funding. Watcott has already vowed to ignore the court order. Why? Why ignore a court order? Because, quote, the order is unjust in the eyes of God, he said on his website. I'm a uh, loser.com. Presumably, having been to an appeal court in the sky and got God's stamped approval to continue being a giant douche nozzle. Well done, Bill. Uh, Watcott and his green body-suited colleagues were disguised as the Gay Zombies Cannabis Consumers Association. They did this so they could conceal their identities and surreptitiously gain access to the march during Pride last summer in Toronto. Doing so, they distributed 3,000 leaflets. The pamphlet message was actually a disgusting diatribe against all things LGBTQ, including this lovely line, uh, you are full of disease, death and confusion and the sad and sordid realities of the homosexual lifestyle. The pamphlets also had photographs of anal warts and allegations that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Premier Kathleen Wynne have been involved in child sexual assault. Oddly, 
the leaflets didn't mention that the LGBTQ community often show a tremendously compassionate spirit due to the difficulties they have had personally had to overcome, uh, that the LGBTQ community statistically have a good income and are a low burden to public services such as schools. Uh, they didn't. He didn't also mention that the LGBTQ community have an amazing taste in pioneering club music. Uh, you've got to give him a shout for that. The LGBTQ community also, I think it's uh, fair to put on his leaflets, are far more likely to have a better taste in art and interior design than Bill himself and are very often just downright hilarious. And let's be honest, I don't bat for that team, but they're often very sexy. So, but he didn't mention that. He said instead that they're evil in every possible way. Uh, last August, gay activist Christopher Hudspeth and former Liberal MPP George Smitherman launched a $104 million class action lawsuit against Watcott and his fellow zombies, claiming their flyers promote hatred and were defamatory. In 2013, the uh, Supreme Court of Canada found his sodomites in our public schools pamphlets that he distributed in Saskatoon, another flight he took to spread his lovely message, uh, were, in fact, hate speech. The judge found that they did have a cause of action, but uh, not as a class action. He advised them to refile with specific individuals who opt in to the claim and granted their request to have Watcott compelled to reveal his green-suited parade crashes and their financial backers. I think the weirdest thing is that when he gets him and all his mates together and flies out to these pride parades and dresses up with skin-tight green suits and then puts flags around him, call me sceptical, but is there just a little bit of him that's enjoying it? A little bit. Because to blend in, you've got to dance a bit as well. You can't tell me that one of those guys isn't enjoying it a bit. I mean, really? They look gayer than everyone else around them. That's the beauty of this. He has really gone ahead and uh, blended, blended right in. Anyway, the guy who owns the Pegasus Bar in Toronto's gay village sees this decision as an important first step. Raised in a Pentecostal family himself, he uh, found Watcott's vile pamphlets particularly upsetting. He's the guy that uh, started all this lawsuit business. This was preached to me from the pulpit every Sunday, he said. I'm always told as a kid I was going to hell for being who I was. I just want to be me. Watcott's lawyer, Charles Lugothi, said they have until Tuesday to decide whether they will appeal, but the anti-gay activist who says he's already spent $250,000 in legal fees has begun appealing to his supporters to fund the court challenge. If he refuses to unmask his fellow zombies, Watcott does actually face being found in contempt of court and jailed. He said on his website, I don't know why I'm so full of hate, but I really enjoy it.com. I don't actually want to be put in jail indefinitely for contempt. Now, in my opinion, despite the fact that this man is a first-class fun spoiler with the guts of an anorexic ant, after all, he dresses in a suit that hides his face and wears rainbow flags to hand out pamphlets that says gays are evil. Gutless. I'd love to see him stood there in his usual attire with a banner that says you're evil. But no, he hasn't got the guts. But I am glad he exists. Free speech is important in this country, no matter what your bizarre beliefs. And Bill, you are a, if you're listening, I'd like to say that you are a mentally unstable victim of abuse who recently moved to the Philippines, apparently, according to Wikipedia. 
but often still flies back here to piss off anyone that enjoys the look of their own genitals. But slightly different, you know. No one actually enjoys the look of their own genitals. I'm just saying, you know, that they enjoy those genitals slightly different on someone else. Anyway, I'm an atheist new Canadian who loves you. Bill, I love you. That should confuse you. You prick. To the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Just heard an, uh, heard an advert there, Mike, for the WWF, World Wildlife Fund. Was there ever a... Is there a something that's a WTF that had to change their acronym because it got a bit embarrassing? That's a good question. I know there's a podcast called that, but uh, as other than that, I don't know. Mm. Uh, is there a fund for turtles? Just in, just a specific fund for turtles. Turtles like, need money, mate. Like, they always do. They do get dogged a lot. You know, they get made into soup. It's not nice. Yeah. There's a bit on planet Earth where a turtle in Thailand, planet Earth 2, if you haven't seen it yet, you can hack the BBC website and watch it. It's the most harrowing piece of footage I think I've ever seen in my life. Really? He, came, he wakes up on the beach, and it's the whole point in them all waking up at the same time is they all wake up on a night that he's got a full moon. I don't know what's going on there, but they're in they're in time with it. And then their instinct is to go towards the light, which is great, because if it's a full moon, they end up jumping in the sea. Tickety-boo. Great, right? Nowadays, there's loads of nightclubs on the beach. They go the wrong way. And there's this bit of footage on planet Earth. It's absolutely harrowing, where he goes the wrong way, and the further he gets away from the sea, the less chance he's got of living. Because if they don't... Get, get dunked in the first day. It's good night, sweetheart. He starts walking about outside a nightclub. Then he sort of climbs into a ripped up can, cuts his foot, doesn't understand why it's not water. It's like swimming about in sort of beer and cigarette butts, confused, listening to the thumping bass line of a nearby nightclub. And, you know, David Attenborough going, this is probably his last night. And you're like, pick it up! Pick it up and sling the bastard in the sea, will you? Have a heart. Oh, getting me nightmares. Um, somebody said, just text in on 71010, there's a, there's a company in Barry called WTF. Wire the future. What does, that, what does the company do? Can you look them up, please? Thanks. Producers on it, in depth. Hardcore journalism. All right, uh, while he's doing that, it feels like I do this story every week, but it's a very slightly different version. The public was asked to name a new ferry. Yes, the internet was asked to name a new ferry, and the inevitable happened. Uh, it was commissioned by the Isle of Wight in the so- south of England. Don't ask the internet. That's what we're learning. You think Boaty McBoatface would have taught the UK a thing or two about trusting the public when naming something? People never learn. When the Isle of Wight Council turned to the public to name their new ferry... Guess what it was called? 2,000 people voted for Floaty McFloatface. Shocker. 
Uh, also, some entries from uh, Floatwood Mac and Embarrassing Floater. We've all had one. So what was it? What do they do? You know what? To be honest, uh, well, I mean, I just did a Google search because I don't really know how else to look for them. But uh, nothing comes up when you search wire the future, specifically branded that. There's future-proof wiring and mind the future. And then if you look in the, uh, you do an image search of wire the future, you get a bunch of pictures from back to the future. But that's about it. Oh, yeah. So wire the future, if they're actually a company or business, they need to get on a website ASAP. Yeah, work it out. Seriously. Come on. They, like, they, they would be the first choice. If you search Wire the Future, they'd be the first one because nothing else has that. Like, they're, uh, they're missing a huge amount. of. There's a huge potential here. I got caught out this week in a slightly embarrassing moment. I, I Googled BBC because there was a particular BBC page. I already on. know where this is going, they I think. I didn't know that was a sexual thing. Yeah, you found out the hard way. How long has that been going on? Uh, well, it dates back to about 1988, September. It was, uh... <laughs> what, did you pioneer this move? Yeah, you know, we don't have enough time. We'll have to get up to this another show, I think. Okay. Uh, I'm going to finish with this news. Uh, French artist turns chicken for three-week egg hatching. Yes, a French artist called Abraham Provencel, who's already spent two weeks living inside a stuffed bear, plans to commune with the humble chicken for his latest performance stunt. How? He's incubating 10 eggs with his own body heat. He will live inside a glass vivarium until the little eggs hatch. Watched by visitors in a museum in Paris, it's begun. The artist, Provincial, expects the process to last about 21 to 26 days. He says, I will, broadly speaking, become a chicken. The artist, who's 44, began the performance on Wednesday. The performance is called Earth. And uh, rather than sitting on the eggs directly, he's deploying a chair with a container under its seats. The artist will be wrapped in an insulating blanket to keep his body temperature high. He also plans to eat heating foods like ginger to generate more body warmth. Lavatorial matters won't be simple. Uh, he'll have to use a box beneath him when nature calls, and he's not actually allowed to get up to relieve himself. To hatch the egg successfully, he will only be able to leave the room for about 30 minutes of the day, and he's going to use that time for meals. The egg enterprise comes less than a month after his last effort, Stone, where he lived inside a hollowed-out limescale rock shaped to fit his body. He said about that, I'm trying to ex uh, escape from the human time and experience mineral speed. Go to the LCBO on a Saturday night. You'll be in there for weeks. Uh, prior to that, he spent a fortnight living inside a hollowed-out bear, eating worms and beetles. It's good, isn't it? Uh, the fate of the unborn chicken should, appropriately, be clear after Easter. Isn't it great? We're all so different. Have yourself a good week. My name's Vinny. His name's Mike. See you later.